Hey, 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 what's happening, everybody? Hey, welcome back to the Friday Night Podcast for January 7th, 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. Oh my gosh, and I got the date wrong. Oh no, it's right. So <laughs> it is January 7th. How exciting, right? Oh my god, it's January again. Oh my god, feels like it just happened yesterday. Well, it, it did actually yesterday. It was January too. Um, okay, so here we are again at the start. The start of the year, new year. The same old, same old, right? Yeah, it's always the same old, same old. It's just not exciting anymore, is it? I don't know. Or is it? Or is it? You know, it's like you're watching the same movie all over again. Over and over and over again. At some point, you're going to be like, I know this. I know how this is going to go. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Any New Year's resolutions? You know, do you believe in this stupid shit? Huh? Do you have these stupid, moronic, asshole, dumb, uh, freaking New Year's resolutions? Huh? Do you do that shit? That stupid shit? Where you have to wait until January 1st to change your ways? To become a better person? To, have, to set your goals? Where you literally have to, set until, have to wait until January 1st and not, can, cannot change it in the moment? I mean, imagine if somebody said in March, well, my New Year's resolution for 2023 will be, um, I don't know, working hard or whatever, or working out. Well, um, so does that mean you're just going to waste, waste your 10 months that you could already start now, but you're going to wait? Really? Is that what you're going to do? You idiot. Just... Just fucking change your life now, alright? Moron, honestly. Um, well, let me let me take a look at the dryer. How, how many minutes? Ah, uh, 43. Alright. Alright, alright, alright. I'm walking around the room, the apartment right now. As you can tell, yeah, of course, it's audio again. We're back to the audios. We're back to the audios. And today's going to be interesting uh, because I want to talk about a couple of things. And... Um, yeah, well, today is going to be review day, and tell you what, I want to drop my opinion on German cars, because I wanted to do, I, I've been wanting to do that for quite a while now, and now I'm finally going to do it, which I'm excited for, review day, what does that mean, what exactly does that mean, well, that just means that I'm going to basically just, you know, read all the reviews I freaking dropped throughout the past like two weeks and I'm gonna read them out loud as I want to talk about some of these movies or at least document that I've seen them whatever and I just I just feel like doing it just talking about some movies laying back just be just having some fun all right just come on can you give me that it's the beginning of the new year I want to have some fun all right give me a break bro okay well, I just literally watched City of God, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that at the very end, as a matter of fact. Because we got so much to catch up on. First things first, though, I do want to talk about this one thing, because it actually made me quite upset before this podcast. Um, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, bro. Let me, let me open up Twitter on my MacBook. 
I'll find it. Let me let me let me find it. Okay, I've opened it up now, and now I shall go to notifications because some douchebag said something. So this is basically what I dropped. That was the you know basically um um what? Thanks, bad flag. Okay, that's just appreciating Ben Affleck as Batman. Well, fair enough. Um, well, you know, so basically it, it was... Um, I dropped a tweet uh, as a reply to... Uh, anyways, it was basically like about the most anticipated movies for 2022. So I shared my list. And then this is just some asshole replied to me saying after I dropped my most anticipated my most anticipated movies of 2022 an asshole replied and said nope not after those rumors which just made me panic for a second first of all I, at first I muted the conversation and I was like if I ask what rumors? He's gonna fucking spoil me some shit, probably, right? I don't know about any rumors. I don't want to know about any rumors, you stupid fuck. So I just I deleted my freaking tweet. You asshole! What the heck? What were you talking about with rumors? And now you made me curious, just leaving me hanging there. Like I don't want to know. I, I don't want that shit. Besides, nothing you're gonna say is gonna be more or less excited for the film. So it's just like ah yeah, delete my tweet asshole honestly I, I hate those people like why would you say that why would you for me being excited for a film and however excited i am for a film even if you say oh there's gonna be darth vader in the new batman film i'm still gonna keep it at my ni number nine position there's nothing gonna change it on there it might even make it out of the top 10 if, if that's what you're referring to batman as, as at number nine or, I don't know, Doctor Strange at number one, or uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse uh, at, at number two. What are you referring to with those stupid rumors that you're saying? It's bugging me. It genuinely bugs me that people are being such assholes, honestly. I don't give a shit about rumors. I don't want to know anything about them. I stay away from them. I mute uh, block channels on Twitter who fucking... Um, post that stupid shit you know I i'm not for it i i, I don't want to know anything you're taking my enjoyment away from the franchise i swear these freaking fans are making me hate the mcu they're making it really difficult for me to still enjoy myself watching these movies because they're not that good anymore the projects, the TV, the, the Disney Plus shows aren't. WandaVision was the only good thing. Uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, was mediocre. Uh, so basically useless, really. It was useless. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was useless. Loki, the beginning and the final episode, I liked. But the middle was useless. Uh, what if... Eight out of the nine episodes were useless, you know, except for episode four. I enjoyed a couple more, but 
at the end of the day, only episode four was cool and genuinely good. Uh, eight out of nine episodes of What If, useless. Hawkeye, useless. Spider-Man No Way Home, disappointment. Black Widow, useless. Shang-Chi was good, Eternals was good. So basically, just talking about the good things coming out of the MCU, that came out of the MCU 2021, it was just WandaVision at the very beginning of the year. And then to finish off the year, you had Eternals. And a little before that, actually, is Shang-Chi, and that's it. Three out of nine. Three out of nine. Three out of nine, boy. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, and I think Hawkeye might actually be a five. You know, I, I, I'm not really feeling six out of ten for that show anymore. I don't know. It was. It's just too childish. The MCU has just become too damn freaking childish. and It's really bugging me. Uh, it's just like, oh, yeah, let's make a kitty joke here. Let's make a kitty joke there. It's just like, grow up. Please, I, I, um, it, it, it pains me. It does. It really does. It makes me sad. Mm hmm. Yep. Um, I'm trying to remember right now whether I've read out some of the reviews or not no I I'm I'm pretty sure I haven't no I'm pretty sure I haven't no I haven't I, I'm pretty sure I haven't anyway so that was my little rant at the beginning let's talk about some of the Films that have come out. I, I think this one might a little be a little shorter. Actually, I'm going to talk about German cars, and I'm going to talk about that one for quite a while. So, I swear these Twitter hashtags are being extremely just, just freaking uh, depressing. All like R.I.P. 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 I'm like, oh my god. Uh, social media is the worst thing for like death messages. It's it's just like, oh my god, this is a shock. And then everybody's writing about it, and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to not, I'm trying not to be this depressed anymore. But everybody keeps writing about it. It's, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, anyways, um, oh, Rangnick, Ralf Rangnick, Man United, Man United players unhappy. Old Trafford boss calls on squad to be professional as they look to bounce back from demoralizing Wolves defeat. Alright, I mean, they shouldn't be happy after a loss, so, you know. Grow up, lads. Hey, you got a new manager. This shit takes time, bro. It really does take time. Look at Julian Nagelsmann. He took over a great Bayern squad. And yes, they did, they did show up pretty much immediately at the beginning of the new season. However, in the preparation games and the friendly games, they lost every single one of them. Yes, Bayern didn't play with their best players. Yes, Julian Nagelsmann was letting some youngsters play. Uh, but I believe for the last game before the big, before the first season, a couple of the big guys showed up, like Goretzka, for instance, played. So, um, and a bunch more. 
so, you know, point is, Nagelsmann didn't go there to lose. He go he went there to win, and he lost a bunch of times. So yeah, and especially with Manchester United, Manchester Manchester United when Rangnick take took over, was nowhere near in a in a, as good of a spot as Bayern was in or were in when um, Julian Nagelsmann uh, took over. So you got you really gotta you know. Take that into consideration. Anyways, let's talk about it. Hold on. Let me take some water. Mm. <laughs> By the way, doesn't it just feel great when going back to audio? I don't know. Some something about it I really like. You know, because because those two uh, video podcasts were hella stressful. Oh my gosh, it was so stressful. You don't even understand. Um, so I'm glad that I'm just back to the good old video pod, uh, audio podcast, you know, making it a little more fun, you know, well, I don't know whether more it's more fun, but it's definitely a lot less stressful and just kind of relaxing me a little bit, to be honest with you. So, uh, I'd already said, I believe, or have I not said, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, six out of 10. I, I still, I, I remain with that. I, I, yeah. I'm going to keep that opinion. 6 out of 10 for No Way Home. I will buy it on Blu-ray. Don't get it twisted. And I'll definitely watch it on Blu-ray, of course. And if anything changes, I will let you know. And I will let you know as soon as I've seen it for the second time. And I'll say, up, oh, it's still 6. Or maybe it's a 7. Or, hopefully not, it's a 5. I think at a 6, it's a, that's a very fair rating for No Way Home. And you guys obviously, you know, if you haven't seen the the video podcast on the Christmas special, um, uh, December 24th, 2021, you know, if you want the link, just send me um, a DM on Instagram, because I still have it, and that's the thing, why do I still have Instagram? I know what you're, what you're saying, Eunice, you kept on freaking um, announcing, oh, you're going you're gonna to delete your Instagram, you're going to delete your Instagram. You kept talking about it for so, so very long, and yes, you are 100% right. However, and I, I cannot believe, oh my gosh, this is epic, bro. Full Actors Roundtable, Andrew Garfield, Jonathan... Majors, Mayors, sorry, I don't know. But Nicolas Cage and more. Oh, I, for a second, I thought that was Denzel Washington. That would have been just, that would have been next level. Um, now, I do know who Jonathan Majors, I believe, is. I do know who he is. I just don't know how to say his second name. I think it's Majors. You're right. If it was Mayors, then it would be with a Y. Written with a Y. Written with a Y. Written with a Y. Um, I think it's this video. So basically, I don't know whether you guys are aware of this, but you know, um, I like boxing, and uh, there's a YouTuber that I really respect, I really like, I really like his videos, his content, and um, I also really like him as a person. I respect him a lot. Uh, his YouTube account, his YouTube channel is called Real Talk Boxing. It's all one word, 
Real Talk Boxer. So, I've been watching it for, I've been watching it for a good minute, for, for a minute, yeah, for sure, uh, two years, soon to be. Uh, I watched him right after the Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury 2 fight, when they had their second fight. Um, that's when I watched him. Oh, that was actually before I started my podcast. Damn. That was actually quite, quite a long time ago, that fight. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the third fight was in October. So, th- that, that that's not that long ago. Um, but anyways, I've also you know, I've been following him on Twitter for a while now. And I've kept se- sending him those voice, me- um, those uh, Instagram messages about, like, boxing news and all. And uh, we've also had a couple of little conversations about things. And uh, look at what he said. Look at what he said. This is Chow. I want to shout out a good friend of mine, man. We always chatting on Instagram. Um, he's always sending me the latest news, boxing news. And I respect this young man from Germany by the name of Eunice. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for your support. Uh, God damn, bro. When I saw that, I lost my freaking mind. I couldn't believe it. He actually, he, he, um, he messaged me on Instagram asking me, uh, I shouted you out on my latest video. Um, did I pronounce your name right? Uh, right? He said, was it, is it, uh, he didn't know whether it was Yunus or Yunus. So I said, it's Yunus. And then, uh, oh yeah, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. He actually, later on in the video, I don't know I, whether I can find so it. I was at work today. I think this is where it, where it is, all right? Listen to this. But anyway, it's the same so video still. That's where I get most of my sources uh, and my man Eunice. <laughs> <laughs> That's some funny shit, man. You say he goes on uh, Boxing News uh, 24 or my man Eunice <laughs> uh, to get his latest news. Or, sorry, I'm just geeking out. I've never gotten a shout out before, so, so I appreciate it. I, I really do. And I finally, finally, uh, in his second video that he dropped, um, I had sent him another thing. It was, was it here? Okay, it's this okay? one. Because it really don't make no sense for me to go on about it, but I just got a message from my man, Eunice, again. See that? He got it perfectly right, bruh. Oh, epic. See, he learned how to say my name. Like, <laughs> by the way, I've I've heard uh, completely wrong pronunciations uh, of my name before. Uh, so this is uh, uh, this is amazing that he got this close the first time round and perfectly right. Obviously, when I sent him a voice message how to say my name, um, yeah. So, but I'm the the thing I'm most happy. The happiest about it is just the fact that he actually gave me a shout out, that he recognized me, that he knows my name, <laughs> and that he uh, appreciates me because I appreciate him so much, absolutely. And uh, th- that was just a, 
a thing that really, really made my day. And uh, yeah, I showed it to my mom and she was like, wow, YouTube. <laughs> That was a very, it was a very cool moment. And there was like, I cannot quit Instagram now. You know, after, after being shown this much love from a, one of my favorite, favorite uh, YouTubers on the platform. I'm just like, I cannot now. There's no way I can quit now. If I had gotten that message, I don't know. Or if I hadn't gotten that message, because I believe I got that message on like December 30th or was it December 29th? So it was just a couple of days before New Year's Eve, before the new year. If I hadn't gotten that message, I would have deleted the Instagram app of my phone because then I would have been like, all right, there's no, no more purpose of this. Um, but then I got this and I was like, there's no way I'm quitting Instagram now. I definitely have reduced my usage of Instagram and I want to keep it that way because I just really don't need it. Uh, not like that, but I'm going to still keep it sending him the messages because, you know, I also enjoy his, co his uh, content, his commentary, his take on things. So it's great. It's great. It's great. Absolutely. So real talk boxing. All right. Watch his, watch his, um, uh, YouTube, uh, Check out his YouTube channel. Also check out his uh, Instagram channel. All right. Absolutely. So, um, by the way, apparently he's a Star Wars fan. He's got custom lightsabers. Bruh, that shit's amazing. Couldn't believe it. When I saw them in his videos, I was like, I'm a nerd too. Uh, okay. Let's talk about the, the, the movies. Uh, well, the TV show Hawkeye, uh, I gave it a six. But I think I will probably give it a five. I will. I'll say this about the MCU: I will rewatch the D Disney Plus shows. Um, well, I've already done that with One Division, but I don't want to do that with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier now. No, instead, what I want to do is I want to do this super extended MCU marathon where I where I include literally everything in. Like also Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the Netflix Marvel shows, A Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Runaways and uh, Cloak and Dagger and so on. You know, there's so, so many more. Um, I'm going to do it like that in the chronological order to, you know, uh, where you also do it like, oh yeah, you watch one episode of this TV show, then you watch another episode of that TV show, and then you watch the... Um, an MCU movie, and then you go back to the TV show. Um, there, there's really good, uh, um, well, or uh, chronological orders of that out there on YouTube. So that's pretty damn amazing. Um, <clears throat> absolutely. And uh, yeah, I watched uh, The Machinist. I gave that one a six out of ten. I thought that film. Yeah, it's the one that Christian Bale lost a ridiculous amount of uh, weight for. And um, I, the only reason why I only gave it a six, because I really enjoyed that film, is because I saw the twist coming from a mile away. and I'm, But I'm not sure whether I had heard it before. And, it, and if I did, I am very sorry... Um, to the film, I guess, 
because uh, then the film doesn't deserve it if I had already had that spot for me. Same thing with Fight Club. That's why I have to watch five, Fight Club and The Machinist again and again and again because now I can only really judge them on repeat viewings and whether they hit about it, whether they hit harder now. Or, because now I can get this realization out of my head that you could see those twists coming, you know, because I wasn't sure. Because I had already heard it for Fight Club and probably also heard it for Memento. Um, or maybe it's just, uh, what would you call that? A hunch? A hinge? Uh, I had, after watching Memento, right? No, not Memento. And uh, film dealing with insomnia, which was it? Um, well, yeah, Fight Club. <laughs> Maybe that was that was it. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure, but but I, I definitely called it. But however, I have to say one thing though about the Machinist, and which I thought absolutely was brilliant, and that was the ending, and you could. And the fa the way it um the way it um explains why he is so thin is absolutely genius it's brilliant it, it is a wonderful super effective incredibly well executed scene that i just have to say is wow Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So, um, yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, there's Blue Valentine. I watched that film, a five out of ten. I have no idea why I have heard celebrities in the past talk about. Well, more so female celebrities. But I, I believe Bill Burr did talk about it. But he wasn't too thrilled because it's a romantic comedy. I wasn't too thrilled about it either. I didn't hate it, but it was like... Uh, it's just kind of okay. There's nothing special about it. Uh, the chemistry was, was pretty decent. It was pretty good. Yeah, between the two. But it was not an exciting story. It was also... Um, I don't know, maybe it was tone deaf, it just didn't feel that, it just didn't feel all that right to me, personally, because it had things, well, I was like, why are you, for instance, the way, there are two storylines in the films, in the film, and, and for some reason, it just cuts, keeps on cutting back to it, and, and going back to the present storyline, to the, to the past storyline, it's just like, why are you doing this? I, I understood it to an extent why they would do that, but I didn't really think it was necessary. And I, th I thought it just left me pretty cold, I have to say. The acting was pretty good, but I don't know. It, 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 I thought it was you know, cheesy as well. I, it just wasn't my film. Uh, all right, now the, the reviews that I've actually written out, uh, written down because uh, the for those ones that I've just mentioned I had only actually written down the rating and now this is a lot of movies a heck of a lot of movies 
American Gangster, 5 out of 10. Denzel brought his A-game to the table, as he always does, completely immerses himself into the role and becomes a totally different character. And that's about the only truly great thing about this movie. I don't agree with all the praise. To be fair, there are quite a few people out there who don't think of it highly either. It is what it is. Very disappointed by the film as I was really looking forward to watching it. It is what it is. 5 out of 10. Oh man, I was so looking forward to watching American Gangster. And then I watched it and I was like, oh boy. So th this is what I was looking forward to. That was sad. That, that made me sad. Leon the Professional from 1994. Um, oh yeah, American Gangster, by the way, from 2008. Leon the Professional, 1994, 8 out of 10. Is it really as good as people say? Yes, it is. It is crazy how a 12-year-old Natalie Portman, I couldn't believe it, is the main reason why this film works. She is so unbelievably good. A truly heartfelt and emotional film with beautiful cinematography. An all-time great. I couldn't believe it. When I watched that film, I was like, Natalie Portman, she's 12 years old, bruh, in this, and she's unbelievable. Damn, she got me emotional. She got me emotional, man. Oh, she really hit me with those. I, she has acting chops, bro. She had them back she, when she was just 12 years old. That is amazing. Absolutely incredible. She That was actually... But yeah, I forgot to mention that in my review. That was the best child performance I've ever seen in my entire life in any film. That was insane. There Will Be Blood, 2007. 8 out of 10. A heavy film that really will leave you speechless at the end. Daniel Day-Lewis delivering a scarily good performance. What an actor and what a film by Tom Paul Thomas Anderson, the best film of 2007. I just want to play this one scene because I've rewatched it so many times now, but I just think it's so good. Uh, it's the, I don't know. I've abandoned my child scene, right? Hold on, I just want to, because I've seen it a couple of times, I just want to play this little part. It's so, uh, oh, the piece of acting on this is just um, ridiculous. Dude, that scene is just, when you watch the movie, it's just, ah, oh. Daniel Day-Lewis in that film, uh, my God, I mean, there are a lot of people saying he's the best actor of all time, uh, uh you most certainly have a case with that statement, I mean, wow, he's unbelievable, I, if you don't think so, or if you don't think he's one of the best actors of, the, of all time, which he is, no doubt in my mind whatsoever. But if you don't think so, you better watch more of his movies because he is absolutely insane.
Uh, Ali from 2001. 5 out of 10. I love Michael Mann's Heat from 1995. Remember, I wanted to actually do a, a little video editing video. <laughs> a little edited video I wanted to post about it. I, I'm still kind of planning on doing it, but I have other things on my mind as far as other YouTube videos that I want to do. Whatever. I love Michael Mann's Heat from 1995. I love boxing and I love Muhammad Ali. So surely this combination would make me love this film, right? Unfortunately, the answer is no. Ali feels like a retelling of certain events in Ali's life, rather than telling a story that feels like one. It just doesn't connect well. This film does not do Ali's legacy justice. Muhammad Ali deserves a much better film. Will Smith was truly great in this film as Ali though, having dedicated himself fully to the role as you can tell by the way he talks and by his extraordinarily large, larger than usual phys physique. Oh yeah man, he put on some pounds bruh, amazing. Life from 1999, 5 out of 10. I wish the film had been more serious. It had the potential to reach the Shawshank Redemption and Cool Hand Luke levels, but they decided to make a comedy out of it. So it is what it is. At least it did have some really funny moments. You like the way I'm reading it out loud? I hope you do, because I'm enjoying the heck out of it, bruh. Uh, Blade Runner from 1982. Bro, VPN for the win, honestly, <laughs> with all of these films. VPN, honestly, the best decision I've ever made. Uh, up there with no, not having a girlfriend in my teenage years. Up there with buying myself a MacBook. And up there with buying myself HBO Max. Which was only possible with VPN. So Blade Runner 1982. from uh, yeah, Blade Runner from 1982. 6 out of 10. I liked it. Didn't think I would. But I really did like it. I am now pretty excited for Blade Runner 2049. For the record, ugh, I saw the final cut. Yeah, because there are multiple cuts out there. And I guess the final cut is a bit of a re restoration, remastered version of Ridley Scott going back to his theatrical cut and kind of editing some stuff, making it m look nicer, more modern, more polished, you know, polishing it more. So, which I personally, I don't like that when directors do that. I don't like when George Lucas did that. And I don't like when Disney did it with, for Disney Plus. When they just, they're, they're changing the films. I want to watch the original films. When I watch Star Wars A New Hope, I want to see the version that came out back in 1977. I mean, sure, I'll, I'll give you this. The audio, okay, if you can... If you can make the audio better, fine. Because sometimes with some of the older films that I'm watching, I'm like, God damn. Like, I, I've kind of um, started for old movies with dialogue. So the non-silent films, the talkies as they're called. Um, I've just, I, I almost always only watch them um, with headphones on. Because my headphones are pretty good and they give me a very distinguished sound and uh, they make it clear, clearer, they clear, they, they clear it up, goddammit. 
and um, it's not so. It's it's a it's a much cleaner sound, and I can distinguish the sounds much better with my good headphones on, than uh, with the MacBook speakers, for instance. Right. So Blade Runner twenty forty nine from two thousand seventeen. Six out of ten. A sequel that matches the original, if not even slightly surpasses it. One of the best. Uh, that was. Uh, oops, that, 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 that's a typo. One of the best, most looking... Is this what I wrote? One of the best, most... Be one of the best, most beautiful looking films. No, that's not what you could say. One of the most beautiful looking films of all time. And speaking of beautiful, I'm nominating Anna, Anna de Arma for the most beautiful woman on the planet. Gosh, that woman... Oh, that woman is a woman, bruh. She looks just, I mean, wow. Hey, Kim Kardashian, Kylie Jenner, they are nothing compared to Anna de Armas. It's not even close. I'm sure that's how you say her name, because she's French, I believe. Um, and then that's how you would say her name. Anna de Armas. That's a sexy name, by the way. I just want to say that. That's very beautiful name for a very beautiful woman. I hope she's listening to this. She's not listening to this. Uh, as fun as the film is, man, is it long. And you sadly feel the length of the film. It ne did not need to be this long. I think it should have been cut about 45 minutes short to a nice two-hour runtime. Whatever. It was still a solid film. Six out of ten. Speed Racer from 2008. Let me tell you this. I, I, the first time I watched that film, that was in Turkey. That was when I was about seven, eight years old. Was that in Turkey? I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But I did not watch the entire film. I only watched the ending, I think. Um, and it was just running there in the background and I was just looking at the pictures, but you know, nobody was interested in watching the film. I was just looking at it as a kid. I was looking at the pictures and I was like, oh, this is so cool. So Speed Racer 2008, this was the first film I ever saw on HBO Max. And my rating is a three out of 10, sadly. Oh gosh, listen to this. The Wachowski sisters, who are responsible for great creations such as The Matrix and Cloud Atlas later on, decided to make a, a kid's film on steroids? Sorry, I, I, uh, that was wrong intonation. Um, I, I'm gonna say it again. The Wachowski sisters, who are responsible for great creations such as The Matrix and Cloud Atlas later on, decided to make a kid's film on steroids? Is that what this is? I can't tell you. All I know is I've really wanted to watch it, especially because I had a little bit of nostalgia for the film. Well, that's gone now. The film is trash. Was it still watchable though? Yes. Despite it being a horrible film, I would still recommend it to people because it has become quite the cult classic and even if it's 
for the wrong reasons. Anyways, uh, no need to sugarcoat this abomination. Oh yeah, by the way, the main protagonist's name is Speed Racer. No, that's his actual name. I'm not joking. It is. 3 out of 10. Oh god, I was so disappointed. I couldn't believe the garbage that I was witnessing when I saw that film. I was like, I actually liked this as a kid. It still looked cool, but it also looked weird now that I'm an adult and I'm watching this with the, the knowledge that I have about film now. It's like... No. I, I'm, I'm not for it. I'm sorry. No. It was, a it was a huge disappointment. It really was. So, I also watched that same day. I watched two more films, as a matter of fact. Um, Natural Born Killers from 1994. Six out of ten. Oliver Stone on drugs. I loved Robert Downey Jr. and Tommy Lee Jones in this film. They were truly hilarious. Guys, you do not understand. Those two guys made the film so entertaining and so funny. You have to see Natural Born Killers. The faces Tommy Lee Jones is making and the way he's screaming at people while making those weird... <laughs> you gotta see this shit, man. I can't make this shit up, bro. It's hilarious. Oh, it's so funny. And Robert Downey Jr. Uh, as an interviewer is just uh, marvelous. I, I, uh, it's brilliant. It is, it is hilarious. Um, they were truly hilarious. This film gave me Joker vibes. As it is constructed in a similar way. I wasn't so sure what to think of the film in the first half. But when the second half kicked off... And when we got to see Robert Downey Jr.'s character a lot more, the film gained a surprising amount of charm and humor. Perhaps the strangest and craziest film I have ever seen. Totally worth it. 6 out of 10. To have and have not from 1944. 7 out of 10. I will absolutely never get tired of watching Humphrey Bogart. The man is just so smooth and great in his movies. A real all-time great. A truly wonderful film with a lot of charm and humor that still works these days. A timeless classic. By the way, that is a rare instance for a film this old. I mean, this film is, what, 78 years old now. That is amazing. A 78-year-old film. And it's still funny. It is still funny, despite having come out 78 years ago. And that is very rare for films that old. Because a lot of the films that audiences found funny back in the day would just be, would not be funny at all today anymore. But that film, I thought, was still pretty damn funny. Genuinely. I am being genuinely serious here. I loved it. I, I had a blast with it. 7 out of 10. To have and have not. What a wonderful film title that is, isn't it? Um, by the way, I'm sure if you're still listening to this podcast, uh, the Friday Night Podcast, you, you have realized, um, you know, if you're a long-term listener, I, I do like talking about movies. And if you don't like talking about movies, 
or if you don't like movies at all, well, then you're not listening to this podcast anymore. There's no way that non-movie fans are still listening to this podcast. If you're still with me after over a year, bruh, you like movies, all right? Or you're a new listener and uh, I might have just shied you away. But I don't care. I, I'm being real. I'm being the honest self that I am. Anyways, Dr. Strangelove or... Oops, I actually miswrote the title. Um, Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. From 1964. 7 out of 10. Stanley Kubrick's brilliant anti or anti-war film on what would happen if the U.S. attacked Russia with nuclear bombs. The film breaks out in... Sorry. Breaks out in... In or breaks out into... Breaks out into phenomenal philosophical discussions and poses very difficult questions. It raises danger, concern, serious awareness, and... Great mind experiments for the audience. There are minor things I wish had been different, such as having people sweat more, as weird as that might sound. Having them shaking... Have them... What? As that might sound, have them shaking more, considering the astronomical circumstances. I also wish a specific scene, not the final scene, perhaps that one too, had been climaxed a little better, or should I say, intensely. Overall, just a damn good film, 7 out of 10. And that's a film I think every political leader should watch. Every political leader from every country should watch Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb from 1964, the Stanley Kubrick film. It, it, it's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, very, very intelligent film. Great mind experiments and uh, extremely important. I, I love those type of movies and it's totally worth it. Key Largo from 1948. 5 out of 10. That's a film with uh, Humphrey Bogart. I had quite a bit of an off night with this one. Couldn't properly get into it. Whatever it is, whatever it is, what it is. I think this one is on me. It definitely deserves to be rewatched at some point down the line. I'm just tired, to be honest. So yeah, good night. Yeah, I was tired. Uh, I I didn't even watch it that late. I was just tired. So I, I'm definitely gonna have to rewatch Key Longo for sure. It deserves to be seen again. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. So, I'll have to give it another shot. And I'm, I'm actually quite tired now, but I'm, I do want to watch one more film today. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, but, hold on. All right. Oh, my days. Talking this loud is really making me um, quite thirsty as I'm going to drink once again. Mm-mm-mm. Mm. Right, the MacBook, yeah, I'm getting some notifications or what is it, huh? Is it that, huh? Is it, is it that what you're giving me, uh, uh? Um, oh yeah, there's an HBO Max freaking... 
Ah, it's my friend. Uh, can, can I somehow mute WhatsApp? Uh, maybe I shouldn't. Well, nah, nah, it's cool. It's my, it's my friend. Uh, it's, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Uh, oh, yeah, they have. Alright, they have an HBO Max put out account. Of course they do. Of course they do. Of course they do. Uh, but <clears throat> let's go back to freaking. Yeah, movie reviews. Sunset Boulevard from 1950. I finally seen it, guys. I finally seen it. And I couldn't be more happy about it because I gave it an 8 out of 10. I loved it. Classic. A phenomenal film dealing with a deranged former actress who cannot stop moving on with her life because she refuses to do so due to her living in her own fantasy world where everybody loves her while being emotionally and mentally unstable. That's the film. And it's brilliantly executed. I just... That was actually a damn good um, summary of the film. <laughs> of what you... Yeah. Without giving too much... Without giving too much away. Ah, uh, the king of comedy from 1982. Six out of ten. It is very obvious that this film heavily inspired the 2019 film Joker. I personally like the first half of the king of comedy more than the second half. I also wish the climax had been more satisfying. It all felt a little too tame. High 6 out of 10. And of course, it was a... Um, yeah. Hold on, my friend is... Ah, no, 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 I cannot check him. I cannot check him. I cannot check him. Uh, but my friend is texting me some really interesting things right now. Because uh, I'm trying to, like, get him into getting himself HBO Max. <laughs> um, but... Hold up. It felt a little too tame. High 6 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Of course, the film was directed by Martin Scorsese, which is always a big plus. Because uh, he's a very competent filmmaker. Arguably the best filmmaker of all time. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's surprised that Paramount has a, a streaming service as well. Now. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. NBC as well with Peacock. Man, they got a lot of stuff. Technically, Sony as well. But Sony only for people who have specific Sony Sony Bravia televisions, I believe. So those really expensive Sony televisions, specific ones, and there's only a, like about fifty movies on there, so it's free. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, and but four K streaming is at a very high bit rate, meaning you need a damn good internet connection for that. But also. Because the bitrate is so high, it almost comes cl it comes very close to 4K Blu-ray quality, which is amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, da, 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 the Road Warrior from 1981. 5 out of 10. By the way, I gave the first... The, this is the set, Mad Max 2. For those of you who don't know what the Road Warrior is, that this is Mad Max 2 from 1981. 
Um, and Mad Max, the first one I had watched at the end of 2019. That was two years ago that I watched it. At the end of December of 2019, I believe December 30th. And I watched Mad Max 2 on December 30th as well. Oh wait, did I watch December 31st? It doesn't matter. It's pretty much exactly two years later that I watched Mad Max 2, which is hilarious. Um, yeah. So, the second film in the Mad Max franchise is about as 80s as it gets. <clears throat> You know those classic like 80s movies with those cheesy 80s movies? Yeah, that's Mad Max 2 for you. For some reason though, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe this. It is a hugely celebrated film and I, for the life of me, don't understand why. This film felt like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I do not like that film. You know, I, I really don't like the second Indiana Jones film. It's just so cheesy. The the stupid, annoying woman. The stupid kid, which is annoying me. I believe there's an elephant in the film. I think. I don't know. I think so. I cannot even remember it properly. But it just bugged me. The setting. Oh, yeah, a bunch of kids. It was just so childish, man. It felt like Hawkeye. Yeah. Worse than Hawkeye. I, I really don't like that second Indiana Jones film. I love the first one. I also... I, yeah, I think I also love the third one. Yeah, they're both fantastic. The, the, the second one... I think the fourth one is worse than the, the second one. A little worse, not much. They're pretty much on the same level to me. But I like the, the fourth one more than the second one. The second one, I just... Uh, whatever, dude. Uh. Um... It might seem like a strange comparison to you, but when it comes to the way this Mad Max film is made, they are very similar indeed. Whatever. Not a big fan of this second film. Uh, and nowhere near as heavy and good as the first one. 5 out of 10. Yeah, like I said, I give the first one a, f a 6. This one, the second one, a, a 5. And guess what I watched then? Mad Max 3. Mad Max Beyond... Thunderdome from 1985 3 out of 10 Yeah, uh, no What the heck was that? There is no reason why this movie was made. I guess money. My gosh, this was abysmal Yeah, clearly I Couldn't even be bothered to write a longer review because the film just pissed me off so much and it bored me my god it was stupid it was just bad it was like what the heck these storylines are trash bro all right so then i watched justice league from 2017 five out of ten this was my first time watching it and if you guys remember i had watched i believe it was in march or was it april i don't quite remember. Or was it May of 2021? Basically, I had watched these. I watched the Snyder Cut, and I gave that one a six out of ten. I liked it. Now I watched Justice League 2017 for the first time ever, and I gave it a five out of ten. It was okay. The Snyder Cut was noticeably the better film, 
but it, I didn't hate it like so many people out there apparently. It was fine, and I didn't have any real issues with it that bugged me to be honest. The storytelling could have been better alongside the cuts and the characters could have been fleshed out better. But overall, the movie was fine. 5 out of 10. Uh, oh, this is, this is going to be a fun one. Um, the Suicide Squad from 2021. 6 out of 10. To my surprise, this might just be the most brutal film I have ever seen. It's so brutal that I've reached a point in asking myself whether it was too brutal. Because there was an excessive amount of blood splatter and organs ripping out uh, going on. I get that it's R-rated, uh, but you don't have to overdo it in my opinion. John Cena as a Peacemaker is absolutely legendary and has with just one film reached icon status i loved him in the role the film definitely doesn't shy away from killing off major characters as well which was quite the surprise at times the pacing is pretty good for the most part and the actors do a good, great job However, I have to say, I wasn't a fan of the villain whatsoever. Make sure you stick around, because there is a post credit scene, and it sure as heck made me very happy. I just want to add that, the, uh, that there was a fantastic action set piece, which reminded me of Old Boy from 2003. 6 out of 10. And you guys know, I love that Old Boy film so much. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, The Suicide Squad, that was the last, the final film I had seen in the year 2021. So that was a really damn good film to finish it off with. And then, by the way, the first thing I watched um, <clears throat> in, tw in 2022 was South Park. And the first movie I watched in 2022 was a film I had been looking forward to for so long. And that would be Unforgiven from 1992. 6 out of 10. My first movie in 2022. A true Western classic. This is by no means a bad film. As a matter of fact, it is really solid. I just wish I would have loved it as much as other people did, since I had been really looking forward to watching that film for one and a half years. It is quite the film with a really nice coming out of retirement uh, story for one last job. Always makes me happy seeing Clint Eastwood and Morgan Freeman in a film. And for them to be together in one film is even more special. They really do have good chemistry. Overall, a good Western that I just wish I had loved more. 6 out of 10. <laughs> and oh yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. There you go. Uh, oh, this is a titan right here. Citizen Kane. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy I've finally seen it. I finally saw it. I finally seen it. Hold up. I'm going to have to make a cut here because I'm doing this 
Oh, ben Benjamin Mendy was released from prison. Why? Friday ahead of its trial on rape charges, which will start in June at the earliest. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay, here I go again. I say here I go again. Oh, he's singing again. Oh, no. Uh, Citizen Kane. From 1941, oh my gosh, 81 years ago the film came out, and gosh, I was so worried that I wasn't gonna love it, and unfortunately, it was an 8 out of 10, which means it was great, I loved it, amazing. I am so happy that I love this film because I was genuinely worried that I wouldn't. But oh my days, this film is wonderful. I'd have to watch it for a second time to really tell you what exactly makes this film so great. And also because I was on my phone for some of the time and that's unacceptable. I do apologize for that. Uh, and I'm... Um, uh, a bit upset with myself yeah um but i still recognize that it was great you know so yeah because it was just the way the story was told it's just like step by step but the way those steps are taken and the way it comes back full circle is so is so beautiful and the things that it is picking up and picking apart at the characters the way they interact with each other and the relationships and the storylines all of it is brilliant i loved it i also want to rewatch it because my head wasn't fully in the game yeah that, that was basically what i just said despite that being the case i could still see the genius in it wonderful wonderful film i might very well rewatch it by the end of the year this movie really made my day I am now relieved by loving the film and amazed by just how good it was. Absolute recommendation from me and I am so happy that both Casablanca and Citizen Kane are some of the best movies of all time in my eyes. 8 out of 10 bro. Yeah. Because I was worried about both. I was worried about Casablanca and I was worried about Citizen Kane. And thankfully, I love both of them so, so very much. Uh, then I, thanks to HBO Max, had the privilege of catching up with the rest of the Conjuring Universe films that I hadn't seen before. And um, I basically put out a tweet saying, my opinion on the Conjuring Universe... Just kind of stating what I had thought of them before. So, The Conjuring from 2013, 7 out of 10. Annabelle, 2014, 5 out of 10. The Conjuring 2, 2016, 7 out of 10. Annabelle Creation, 2017, 6 out of 10. Annabelle Camzone, uh 2019, 5 out of 10. So, and then I watched... The Nun, 2018, 4 out of 10, 
Well, it was watchable, but I have seen much better horror films with better stories, better horror, better characters, better build-ups, better climaxes, etc. You get the idea. This was sadly underwhelming, despite how strong of a character the nun was in The Conjuring 2, where she was menacing and damn scary. In her own solo film, however, she still has a couple of good moments, but it's just not enough to save the film. I didn't even dislike it. It was more of a whatever scenario, so it gets a four for me, sadly. Then I watched, oh my god, then I watched The Curse of La Llorona, sorry, La, The Curse of La Llorona, yeah, that's how you say it, Llorona, right, yeah, La Llorona, I guess, uh, again, uh, uh, I mean, exactly, uh, The Curse of La Llorona, from 2019, three, out of 10. Bro, what the heck? This was even worse than The Nun. They should let me write the script next. The third act made me furious. I am pretty damn concerned about The Conjuring 3, which I've been ridiculous, which I've been ridiculously excited for since that film is directed by the same guy who directed this film. My thoughts on that film I will probably give you tomorrow. This film had an interesting concept for the story, but the execution was painful. If you cannot tell, I really didn't like this film. Good night and Happy New Year. In capital letters, 3 out of 10. Ah, The Conjuring. The devil made me do it. 2021, 6 out of 10. Who? Am I relieved that this film is not bad? This third iteration is not as strong as the first two, but still offers damn good horror with a new type of story for this franchise. The film definitely should have climaxed better, and it should have also had a better introduction. Give it about 20 minutes of extra film in the beginning so that it eases you into the film better like the, the other Conjuring films. Still, nonetheless, a good horror film with some good moments. Uh, kudos to the director, 6 out of 10. But yeah, I still believe that that film could have still been better. But I still enjoyed it, I still liked it, and they did not mess it up, I don't think so. Rocky, 1976. 8 out of 10. I freaking loved it. I finally watched Rocky, guys, and it was great. Who would have thought that a sports movie could actually be a great movie? Rocky is way more than a sports movie. As a matter of fact, it is a rather a great film telling a great story about a character who happens to be an athlete. A very beautiful story with great social commentary and fantastic life advice. The film also highlights the distinction between winning in a competition and winning in life. All in all, a real love letter to sports in general, and it'll most definitely get your blood pumped so that you want to go, so that you'll want to go out there and train 
yourself a train uh great great film eight out of ten and by the way there was this incident of a man who shot someone over seat assignment during spider-man no way home i couldn't believe it it was actually a, a man who shot somebody else because he was sitting in a, in his seat during uh spider-man no way home so and then i read read two comments that i just want to read out loud because this was absolutely spot on i completely 100 percent agree with this with both comments first comment was imagine being a fan of spider-man and then doing something that literally goes against everything spider-man stands for exactly and then the second one I watched this movie a few days ago and I was sitting in someone's seat. I realized I was in the wrong seat when he told me that seat was reserved for him. And I apologized when we looked over our tickets and the dude was cool about it. The seats were, were numbered but I got them confused and it was resolved in 3 seconds without incident like two grown adults. Exactly. That's how you're supposed to handle that situation not a shooter man. Not shoot a man because he was sitting in your seat. That was ah, it's ridiculous. Ah, I swear, the fact that Americans are allowed to wear firearms when walking outside is just crazy to me. Just normal citizens. I, I just, I, I find that just insane. Why, why? To defend yourself. Look, if nobody was a... Dude, I swear, why is America this gun-crazed culture, man? I don't understand. This type of violence, gun violence, is happening in no other, uh, well, supposedly fully developed country. Evidently, America is not one. Uh, America sometimes feels like a third world country. Um, you know, which is crazy. If if you go to yeah, America, if you look at the best the best spots of America, which arguably would be Los Angeles, you know, and maybe New York City and Manhattan, possibly. I don't know, or isn't New York City Manhattan? Uh, uh sorry, I don't know that. Uh, no, it isn't. No. No, wait, New York is the state, then there's New York City, which I believe is the capital of New York. Then there's Manhattan. Um, and then there's New Jersey. All of that is, however, in New York. Uh, right, and then a little, a little more north to New York is Boston. Uh, or at least a little more north to New York City. But is Boston still in New York? Is Boston... Uh, which state, time, hold on, I gotta look this up, because Boston is actually, uh, well, known to be racist, basically. Which state um, is Boston? I don't know whether that has changed, but that's just what I've heard from people, that Boston is going to be racist. Oh, okay, it's in Massachusetts. Alright. And then Connecticut is, oh, okay, fair enough, it's actually a little... Okay, so Connecticut, Rhode Island are somewhat in between. 
it and New York. But it's still reachable, you know. Well, it's probably a pretty long drive. The, the, the reason why I know this is because I once on Microsoft Flight Simulator flew a flight from Boston to New York uh, JFK Airport. Yeah. And it was only about like 30 minutes. So obviously, well, it was a plane. It was, it was a flight, which is much faster than a car ride. Um, so yeah, that... That's why I just kind of thought, hey, all right, it's not that far away. Which, I mean, it's not as far as New York and L.A., to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, I still watched quite a few more movies. Should I read them out loud? Um, I'll just do one more. I'll just do one more. And then I, I, I'll have to stop because this is too much. <laughs> this is too much, I have to say. Uh, absolutely. Wait, what's going on? Don't tell me they cancelled Star Wars Eclipse. Don't tell me they, they didn't, right? Blackout Star Wars Eclipse. What's that hashtag? What does this mean? What is going on with this? Uh, I wanted to... What? What does that mean? Blackout Star Wars Eclipse? Does that mean you they want to see... Oh, okay. If you are seeing Black... Thank you. If you are seeing Blackout Star Wars Eclipse on your timeline... And don't already know what it's all about. It's a great article to get you caught up. If you do know, if you do know what it's about, please take the time to voice your opinions and support LGBTQ plus fans. Why do you have to put that pandering in? I don't like that when they do that. But I, I'm I'm gonna read this article. What is this all about? Um, hold on. Is it open up a new article? Yes, inverse. Dot com. Uh, how the Star Wars Eclipse controversy sparked a movement. Um, it feels like Lucasfilm is worried they'll offend a larger audience with too much diversity. So they will bring in that audience with those loud drums, a lot of explosions and a game developer that will play to a very straight and very wide audience Barry tells inverse who's Barry Brian Barry co-host of the pink milk podcast Ugh, that doesn't sound tasty uh wait is this just some kind of podcast host saying this what the heck Oh my god, this is... Oh. Why is this? Oh gosh. Uh, why is this? Again, politics, dude. This is politics. I don't care about it. I just want to play a good game. I just want to play a good game. Leave me alone. 
and why do they have to like put everything into it all right it's okay to have white people white people are not evil they're not evil white males are not evil there's some evil in it some people some white people uh, a couple not 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 the majority a minority of white people of white males are bad people but guess what so are a minority is a, so is a minority of black people a minority of asian people a minority of muslims a mi minority of uh, i don't know uh, russians um a minority of africans a minority of brazilians it's just minorities that like like you 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 saying it like oh oh we just don't want these white men in our games like you know as, as this podcast host says oh uh at a game developer that will play to a very straight and very white audience well that's the biggest audience in the world and you want to attract those people to buy their their your games so it makes perfect sense also you, as you see by The Last of Us 2, how people absolutely hated it. Um, and one of the main reasons was because they made it so woke. And it makes perfect sense why they would be uh, afraid of that. Because that, then the story is no longer in focus. Nope, it's just you made a woke film and or, or a woke video game. And that's trash. If you make a woke piece of content that, that, that that's garbage you know <sighs> it's ridiculous honestly this is i thought this was a legitimate Oh, because one person said something. Uh, now everybody's going crazy. Dude, there's always going to be a couple of fucked up people out of the tens of thousands of people that work on a project. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous, man. Ah, sorry. I just get upset by some stuff, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. At least I wanted to just read my uh, Rocky 2 review and then I will make a stop. And I'll read the next um, next week, right? Tell you what, I'm going to just do it quickly because there will be more movies next week. All right. So I just want to get it done now. All right. I'll be quick. I'll be quick. I'll be done in like five minutes with them. And then I'll, we'll talk about German cars and then we'll wrap it up. This has been a fun podcast, but we're still not done yet. Tell Rocky 2, 1979, 7 out of 10. A wonderful sequel of the great first film. Rocky 2 knows how to impress. And this time around really flexes its muscles when it comes to the emotional scenes. The film hits harder emotionally than the first one. You like those puns? 
Oh, I fucking, I trashed, ah, I messed up the reading. The film hits harder emotionally than the first one. You like those puns? Yeah, because the first one was flexes its muscles, get it? Come on, that was pretty good. I just messed up the reading, sorry, I messed up the presentation. Because I, I, I forgot that, that, that I put a pun in, too, sorry. Overall, a really good film that connects very well to the first film, 7 out of 10. 12 Angry Men. Oh, I'm so excited I saw that film, bruh. 1957, 8 out of 10. A real classic about 12 jurors battling it out whether a convicted man is guilty or not guilty. And that's the film. And it's awesome. Even though you already know where the film ends up or is going, it still never fails to impress. Loved it. Look at me with the high ratings. I feel like Santa Claus. 8 out of 10. And I thought, because that, you know, that film came out in 1957. I genuinely thought nothing would beat that film. No 1957 film would be better than 12 Angry Men. And then, coincidentally, I watched another film that day, which also came out in 1957. And that film's name is Paths of Glory. And my god, I gave that shit, and I couldn't believe it, but I just had to. I gave that shit a 9 out of 10. Wow. Oh, my voice is going. Oh, it hurts. Stanley Kubrick really did it again. He just keeps on delivering. And this might just be his best film. Great social commentary and discussions made by Kubrick on war crimes and the dangers of serving in the military. The consequences one has to deal with when disobeying orders, corruption inside the military, etc. These are just a few of the things that make this film so great. Greatness written all over it. Beautiful, emotional, wonderful, tense, a real mind-blowing experience in a next-level film. That shit deserves a 9 out of 10, one of the absolute all-time best films. I cannot believe Paths of Glory really blew me away like that. And it really might just be his best film ever made. And I have now seen quite a few of his films. I've seen what? Um, uh, obviously, you know, I have The Killing. I still have it. On Blu-ray from 1955 or 6, 56, 55. And I still haven't seen it yet. Even though I've had it on Blu-ray for over a year now, I believe. I think. I don't know. Um, but I still haven't seen it. But I want to watch it relatively soon. Not over a year. No, I think more like 9 months or 8 months. I don't know. Long enough. The fact that I still haven't seen it is crazy. Um, but I've seen, obviously, here, you know... 1957's Paths of Glory, 1960's Spartacus, 1964's Doctor Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love with the Bomb, and 1968's uh, 2001's Space Odyssey, 1971's A Clockwork Orange, and 1983's The Shining, 1987's Full Metal Jacket and 1999's Eyes Wide Chat. That was all freestyle, by the way. I'm pretty proud of myself. Sorry. Not really. Um, no, it was freestyle, but I'm... 
I'm not sorry for being proud of myself. Uh, seven Samurai. Can't believe I finally watched it, man. HBO Max, I love you. 1954. 8 out of 10. Watched it in Japanese. With English subtitles. That was my first time ever watching a film in a language that I did not understand with subtitles that I understand, of course. First time ever, and I never want to go back. Because from now on, I definitely plan on watching more movies from other countries in their original language with subtitles, as subtitles really aren't that big of a deal. You get used to them, and they aren't that distracting. I have to say, like, the idea of having subtitles on your film is way worse than actually doing it and watching it because it at some point you just kind of stop worrying about the subtitles anymore it's just kind of like it doesn't really affect the viewing experience at all anymore not really instead you're getting an authentic authentic viewing experience which makes it so much more worthwhile and so much more rewarding than watching it just dubbed and being lazy Right? And not getting the true original experience in. From now on, I want to watch every film. No matter where, which country it's from, no matter which language it is, always original language. You know? Absolutely. The only time I'll, I might make an exception if, is if it's an anime. And if there is not the... I don't know, for anime, I'm not sure. But other than that, like, Squid Game, I haven't seen that show yet. I want to watch that film, a show in Korean. 100%, I want to watch it in Korean. Uh, with English subtitles, obviously. Let me take a sip of my lemon tea. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, my mom made me that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you get used to them and they're on that distracting. I only find them distracting. Oh, yeah, this took longer than five minutes, but, uh, but I'm almost done. I promise. I promise. I only find them distracting if they are speaking a language I already understand. For example, I wouldn't want to watch a movie in English with any sort of subtitles on it. So I'll make an example. Uh, about what like two and a half years ago I watched Spider-Man no, uh, Far From Home in theaters in Turkey with my mother and the film was in English great with Turkish subtitles now even though I perfectly understood the film I still and my Turkish is way worse than my English I still couldn't help myself but to look down because of new shit popping up. But I already understand everything. But I still just couldn't help myself. Oh, my eyes just wandering down. Even though I don't want to. It's just like I have to focus so hard not to look down. Because I already understand the language. So why would I want to translate it into a language? As a matter of fact, I understand w worse. It's, and also I don't watch stuff in English with English subtitles. Why would I do that? You know. If it's more difficult for me to understand, then, then I just try listening harder, you know, that's that's all I do. Anyways, my gosh. Um, anyways, <laughs> Seven Samurai is every bit as fantastic as I wanted it to be. It actually ended up being a, a lot better than I thought it would. 
This was my first time watching an Akira Kurosawa film and I was blown away in every shape or form imaginable. If you consider yourself a film fan, then you have to watch Seven Samurai and I would strongly encourage you to watch it in uh, Japanese as the authenticity of the actors and the situation are best kept that way, are best kept that way. A truly groundbreaking film, considered by many an all-time great, including myself. By the way, the soundtrack is wonderful and the aesthetics, the aesthetics of the film are beautiful, or are beautiful. Uh, absolute must-see film, 8 out of 10. Um... Reservoir Dogs 1992 7 out of 10 Quentin Tarantino's first film Reservoir Dogs is good It has passed my rewatchability test The razor scene is still painful to watch Oof. And will not leave your memory anytime soon I do prefer a lot of the later Tarantino films Yet I still think this film deserves a lot of credit this was the start of the career of one of the best filmmakers of all time, which is why I think it deserves a 7 out of 10. Not just because of that, but because I actually think it's good. Just not as good as some of other Tarantino, some of Tarantino's other films. The Fountain from 2006, 5 out of 10. Interesting. According to my favorite film critic, the best movie of all time, for personal reasons. As you can see by my rating, I clearly do not think so, as well as the majority of film buffs such as myself. Um, I tremendously appreciate the effort of bringing a movie to life, no pun intended, Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is dealing with life after death. I have forever wanted to see a movie like that made, but not like this. Darren Aronofsky's heart was definitely in the right place, and he tried, he really did try, and I appreciate that about him. However, sadly, I just couldn't let it, I just couldn't love it because of its messiness, and at the end of the day, I still appreciate The Fountain for what it tried. Beautiful soundtrack, by the way, even though I couldn't appreciate it for what for its supposed greatness, uh, 5 out of 10. Oh, almost done. Trust me. Only like four more, three more reviews. Yeah, seems like. Brexit 2019. Oh, four more reviews. Not three. Sorry. <laughs> um, Brexit 2019. Six out of ten. By the way, this is a film I would show to my students if I become a teacher. We'll see how that works out. Uh, if I watch more movies like I am right now, then I'm probably gonna fail uni, right? I'm probably gonna flunk it. I mean, let's be honest. So I should. Well, I'm I'm trying a little better now. I'm trying trying more, uh, but I don't I don't really want to talk about that because it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun talking about uni. Uh, give me a break. No, not in not in the exam phase. Not really, and not when I'm unsure whether I'm gonna pass or not. Uh, Brexit, two thousand nineteen, six out of ten. Controversial because of its subject matter, I suppose. But really, the film is a genuinely nice character study of someone who I don't agree with, yet can respect as a human being, someone with an ideology. And of course, this being a character that I will take seriously. 
At first, while watching it, I disliked the film. Then I accepted it, embraced it, liked it, and at the end, even loved it. A brilliant ending, in a way. All in all, a great film for English teachers to educate their students about Brexit. There was even stuff in there that I didn't know about, or at least forgot, and then turned out to be quite relevant. Uh, a damn solid film, with Benedict Cumberbatch delivering a great performance as always. 6 out of 10. Alright, only two more. Are those two movies I watched today. That's right. Uh, Tilly's Punctured Romance from 1914. Going back a damn long time. Uh, 6 out of 10. You just have to love Charlie Chaplin. His movies and performances will always be timeless classics. The film was funny, entertaining, and despite it being a silent film, you would understand. You would understood. Oh well, that's wrong. You would understand just about everything. Uh, yeah. And finally, City of God from two thousand and two. Seven out of ten. Uh huh. Watched it in Portuguese with English subtitles. Oof, that was tough to watch. One of the most depressing films I have ever seen, and it is filmed with such realism and authenticity that you cannot help be, but be totally immersed in it. There are two reasons why I don't, why I didn't give it an eight out of ten. First, I hated the club scene about 60% into the film. It couldn't have been more predictable. It really bugged me. I don't know whether that really happened in real life, since this is based on a true story. But nevertheless, a film's excuse should never be, oh, but it happened in real life. I also thought the execution of that scene was absolutely dreadful to watch. I'm going to just say they do a certain thing with the lighting and it's genuinely just terrible to look at. And it's like, oh, oh this is just the most cliche way of ex executing such a scene. I just hated it. Uh, second, why did you have to put a twist there at the end? It felt so forced. And if you were going to do it, you should have presented it earlier on in the film and... Not make it a situation of, oh, guess what? You didn't see that coming, right? I don't know, just something about the scene. I was like, really? Now you're just like, going to pull out this, uh, whatever. Other than that, um, the film is fantastic, yet super depressing. Not fun to watch, but a must-see film. Nevertheless, I give this film a high 7 out of 10. So I got pretty damn close to an 8, and I'm finally done with all these reviews, man. Damn. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Lionel Messi, obviously, he got COVID. Uh, what? Lionel Messi is prepared to quit Paris Saint-Germain after just one season if they fail to, to win the Champions League. 
What the heck? Well, that's just... Oh, no, oh, it's, it's, it's fake. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. It's fake, apparently, according to the comments. Let me read the actual article. Um... Uh, where does it say that? Oh wait, that, that is a clickbaity headline. What the heck? It says it, it succeeds, which means... Okay, so Carrasco explained on L... Chiringuito TV program. Um, Messi will always miss the modus vivendi we ha he had in Barcelona. If he succeeds, which means winning the Champions League, he could extend his stay for another year. If PSG don't win the Champions League, uh, then this year is going to be a long one. I don't think he regrets his decision in a sporting sense, but on a personal level, he realized... He made a mistake. While things haven't been going his way on the pitch in Paris, it appears things have been boiling over of it too. Messi has been accused of disrespecting his manager Mauricio Pochettino over updates on his COVID status. Uh, well, that's not cool. Oh, he's also Argentinian, Pochettino. Come on, man. You cannot pull some shit like that. Right? Pochettino is Argentinian. He is. That's not cool. Messi? I swear, Messi and Ronaldo sure have egos. I mean, sure. Of course they would make it the, the, the amount of money that they make. Well, to be fair, though, Mohamed Salah has been pretty damn grounded to me as far as I'm concerned. Speaking of Mohamed Salah, I'm so happy... That he got nominated into the top three of the FIFA Best Player of the Year Award. Which will be um, revealed on January 17th. And I am sure that they'll give Lewandowski the award. And honestly, if they give Le Lewandowski the award, which they should. He's the clear winner. Yeah, come on now. Um... That would mean that the FIFA, uh, I don't know what that award is called, <laughs> that the FIFA is more reputable, better than the Ballon d'Or. And that that's going to be the new norm and the new thing that we care about and no longer really the ba Ballon d'Or. At least it's going to be that way for me, right? Nah, let's be honest, I'll still care about it, but not that much. Um, oh my god, there is a, if you go to, what is, where is that? Um, Star Wars Galactic Cruiser, Star Cruiser. Two guests per, per cabin is 
a thousand two hundred and nine dollars per guest per night. What? Or four thousand eight hundred and nine dollars voyage total. I think that's a, it's like a Disneyland, right? No, is it Disney Park? Disney? No, Disney World, right? I think it's in Disney World. Or at Disney World. And it's starting from that price. Why is it so expensive per night? Dude, this is not... I swear. Paying a thousand whatever dollars a night is never worth it. Ridiculous. Um, anyways, I'm not done with the podcast because I have to talk about German cars and I want to drink my tea. Hold on. Mm -hmm. oh. German cars. Should I still talk about it? I don't know. I'll give you this is how this is how we're going to do it. I'll give you the short version. I'll give you the short version tonight, today, whatever, whenever you're listening to this. And I'll give you a more detailed version of what I think of German cars next week. I'll be, I'll, I'll, make, I'll make it short, alright? Because uh, I don't want to make this podcast too long. It is already very long, so. Let's not make it any more, any longer. Or much longer. Uh, Mercedes. They went from good to bad. BMW went from bad to good. <laughs> Audi went from um That's a good uh, that's a good one. Audi, what what about Audi? I don't know. Uh well, let's talk about Volkswagen first. Volkswagen um, they went from solid to solid, as well as, let's be honest, Audi as well. Maybe actually Audi stayed good, just good to good, <laughs> you know. Yeah, Audi has been crushing it, I gotta be honest. Uh, and I'm talking designs here most of the time, but also I'm talking about how they're making their cars. What they're putting into their cars, which Mercedes have been decent at, but the technology that they put in is a lot of it is cheap stuff, uh, just plastic, plastic interior, and you know, it's just not nice. Uh, Porsche, um, I love Porsche. That's what you should know about me. I love, I've always loved Porsche. Porsche, um. Definitely good at the beginning, for sure. 100% good. From good to... Uh, I think also good, still. Even though they have a couple of cars where you're like... They look kind of similar to some other cars, like... You know, like, a lot of the, the these modern cars look the same. That's the big problem with modern cars today. 
They're trying to make this modern, futuristic look, but they all kind of look the same. The way they make the headlight, the headlights, the make the way they make the rear end, um, and somewhat even the front and the sides. It's just a different manufacturer and somewhat different. But a lot of these modern cars, sadly, they look so similar. Um, so yeah. That, that, that's just really all I have to say about it for now for, for this week but I would love to talk about it more next week um, I know I said in the beginning I want to talk about German cars well I gave you a tease I gave you my little opinion but there, there's definitely a lot more to talk about you know especially what I say well, basically what I just said is out of those main um, German car manufacturers I said for Mercedes, um, bad, as the only one. And out of all those manufacturers, I think I'm the biggest fan of Mercedes. So maybe that just speaks volume uh, volumes to how I feel about Mercedes, because I love Mercedes. And I want them to succeed and make great, beautiful cars that they were once known to do. As I'm seeing a Mercedes drive by my window, um, I, I I want Mercedes to go back to those glory days, man. They made stunning cars in the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands, which is what I grew up with when I saw Mercedes vehicles, and I was just like, these are gorgeous cars. And then the two thousand and tens came in and they just I have no idea what got what got into them they did make the Mercedes AMG one which I'm a big fan of but that one costs a couple of millions so uh, that's not an affordable car whatsoever also it hasn't come out yet I believe so and barely anybody's gonna buy buy that it's basically like an Aston Martin Vulcan only I believe road legal <laughs> Which the Vulcan, I don't think it, I, I think the Vulcan is not, no, but you know, it is what it is, um, we'll talk about it next week, uh, I'm pretty excited for that, uh, I've been watching movies quite a bit, I've also been catching up on a lot of the uni stuff, uh, which gets me also to the final point of, I thought that this week that this podcast is in, would I would also have free so I would be able to catch up on all the uni stuff. But it turns out it started a week earlier than I thought it would. And I had thought I had looked it up that, that it would kick off a week later. But I guess I was wrong. And uh, now I'm in this situation of like, oh, it's already started again. And I still have to catch up on all this stuff because I didn't throughout the Christmas holidays. And there's a lot that, 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 that I just had let pass by me uh, before uh, the Christmas holiday. So there's quite a bit of stuff for me to catch up. There's also some interesting stuff that, that I'm learning. Um, I haven't properly learned yet. I'm still like going through the meetings right now. Uh, but, you know, I, so that, that, that's a bit... That's definitely has occupied me quite a bit. Also watching movies. So I'm, I'm trying to combine both, which have, has worked 
I think it has worked relatively well, not terribly, and I'm definitely, I, this is the best I've ever done so far at uni, which, yoo-hoo, right, third semester, finally getting things going, even though if it's at the end of the semester, but still, it's a little bit of an improvement, um, and I'm don't have to completely give up my movies because I'm still watching them, still reviewing them. So I try to enjoy both, you know, because I, let's be honest, nobody works, freaking learns uh, all day long. Because guess what? When the day's over and you're, you're, in your sl you're, you're in bed, your head is going to be steaming like a tank engine and you won't be able to sleep because your head is so damn full and you cannot... You cannot turn your brain off anymore because and relax because you've just filled it up with too much stuff and just fully exhausted yourself but your brain is still working and and being kind of in shock i guess so that's not a solution so it's perfectly fine to do breaks now whether you want to watch movies in that break is your decision uh i just love watching them so i choose to do that I guess I also watch more movies than, and take longer breaks than one perhaps should. But at least I'm doing something, right? So I cannot be totally mad at myself. No, I don't know. It's a bit of an interesting thing. I've definitely done uh, a lot more this week than I've done all semester long. So, um... I mean, surely that's a positive, right? Yeah, well, there you go. Trying to make myself feel, uh, yeah, trying to f make myself feel, feel better here. By the way, I'm almost fully caught up on South Park. Uh, like, fully, almost. I'm now in the middle of season 23. I decided I would wait with uh, Paramount Plus. Uh, so that means with the Champions League, I'll just wait. I'll just wait. I can wait. And, oh yeah, PayPal, I don't know whether I'll be, so, yeah, I'll try it right after this podcast whether I'm able to log myself in because I've encountered into a little bit of an issue. I'll explain it to you right now as the final thing and then, I'll, and then I really want to be done with this. Um, so, at the end of, after I got myself HBO Max, thankfully... I planned on getting myself Paramount Plus. I have planned it. Anyway, so I logged myself in. I logged myself into my PayPal. I tried, and then it said a code would be sent to your phone number. Right. Well, um. It was still my old phone number written down. So a code sent to my old phone number is not going to do me anything because I don't have it anymore. And I have the new phone number, but that new phone number is not stored into my freaking um, PayPal account. Long story short, I tried logging in a bit too many times. Uh, so the account kind of got banned. Uh, not banned, but uh, permanently, uh, 
Yeah, well, permanently banned, kind of, you know, permanently blocked. Uh, no, not permanently, sorry, that's the wrong word, temporarily. Um, right, so, that was that. Um, but then, so I, I then called, and then it worked out, it worked out that we set up um, the new phone number. That worked, then I could log myself in, then I was able to log myself in. But then, I, I, like a day later, I found out that it was banned as I called PayPal again. Uh, and they said, yeah, well, 72 hours, it's banned for, for, for that long uh, time. Do not log yourself in within those 72 hours. So I didn't only after those 72 hours. And then that, again, didn't work. So I called PayPal again. And they said... Um, by the way, really lovely people. I'm not mad about this situation at all. I just hope I did, I'll be able to recover the account and that I won't run into any further issues. I, but I'm not mad about it because the guy, the, the people I've talked to have been so incredibly nice. Just I, I've loved it. Like after I talked to that third person, which was a woman, by the way, uh, two women and one man, man. Um, after I talked to that woman, I, I was I was stoked. I was so overwhelmingly happy for some reason, which was interesting. Even though I have I received a disappointing message that I would still have to wait. Basically, she said I'd have to wait until Friday to log in, which is today. I, I, I'm, I'm going to do it after the podcast. Try to log in. And if it doesn't work, call on Saturday. And that is exactly what I'm going to do. And the reason is because... PayPal takes a couple of, uh, takes about what, like eight, nine, maybe 10 days to fully store your number and for it to fully like verify process the whole situation because the message that I had gotten was we could not, I um, basically, we could not confirm your identity or we could not uh, identify that it was, that it is you somewhat like that, something like that, you know? So yeah, so I have to either call tomorrow if it, if what I'm about to try it doesn't work or not call them because if in the case that I, I fucked it up, sorry. Basically, try log myself in now and um, yeah, well... Which I'm going to do after this podcast, which means the podcast is over. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this very long iteration of the Friday Night Podcast. I truly hope you guys enjoyed it. I most certainly did. I just want to talk about some movies. I also talked about some other, other stuff, um, at least, right? So, you know. But um, I had a blast. I hope you guys did too. Um, oh, yeah, let me know. Did you like the video podcasts I did? Ah, feels good to be back on to audio podcasts. I'm pretty, you know, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, I just know how to do these audio podcasts. Well, doing a video podcast is also not that difficult, but well, um, <laughs> doing it through your phone and then trying to do editing software and the way I did it, uh, extremely more inconvenient and challenging and frustrating and everything it's just negative 
Um, so for the time being, video podcasts are definitely a lot more stressful than these wonderful little audio podcasts. Anyways, that is it. I hope you guys enjoyed the first podcast of 2022. I hope you guys truly have a wonderful year. I hope my st- that I will have a much better year than last year, uh, which was the worst year of my life. Um, yeah, I hope so. Uh, I Yes, as I said last week, I did listen to yesterday when I was young on New Year's Eve, and it was great. Uh, yeah, just, okay, shut up. All right, stop it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm stopping now. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Please stay safe. Take care and wear a condom.